the market moving story of the day. No prizes for guessing. The summons issued to Finance Minister Praveen Gordon. And uh, where was the biggest damage done? And, and where were the winners, if any? So the very obvious biggest loser was the RAND. I think that was the one that was most apparent to, to just about everybody. But uh, along with the RAND also, we saw all the interest rate sensitive sectors of the of the market being hurt most. So the banking sector was also down over 4% along with the RAND. The retail sector was also down a lot. And then also bonds. Now, now when you look at, at the performance of government bonds, it's indicative of the expectation of the interest rate um, that government will be expected to pay on its debt. Um, so, so, you know, looking at those drops of more than 4%, yes, it's bad, but, but quite frankly, I actually would have expected that it could be much worse. So it certainly shows that there's still some, some um, sort of semblances of confidence left in the market that says, no, 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 this will all get sorted out, you know, um, and, and, and we will not uh, sort of be pushed over this abyss that is in front of us. Um, on the winner's side, yes, there were winners as well, because the RAND head shares, of course, those, the mining companies, the big deal listed industrial companies which which make up the bulk of the Johannesburg Stock Exchange on a size or a or a market cap weighted basis. So the bulk of the JSE on that basis was was up because they are RAND hedges and, and so the equity market overall was was up. But you know ultimately for me the biggest losers in all of this is unfortunately us, the people of this country and in particular the poor. Because when you next go to flop your car next month or you go to buy food and it costs you 20 or 30 or 50 rand more, remember what caused it. And, and you know, as government's debt servicing costs rise, it means that there is less and less money available for grants, for social welfare and, and, and for investing in building up the country and the economy, which is what we so desperately need. Well, Marina, we'll skip past that because lots more to talk about around that particular matter. Uh, but surely uh, we should support any action taken to address fraud, corruption, illegal activities of any kind. Should the market not be celebrating this show of adherence to the rule of law? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you that that is zero tolerance policy towards fraud and corruption is, is, is absolutely paramount. So, so in, in that sense, yes, it should be supported. But I think the concern here is, is the triviality of the charge and the timing of it that is so curious. You know, this comes 15 days before the medium-term budget policy statement in, in Parliament, um, and, and with that policy statement comes some major funding considerations, in particular in the energy sector and, and relating to to nuclear energy. So I guess the big question is, will Pravin Gordon be the finance minister who delivers that to that midterm budget policy statement in two weeks' time? Or will he be required to resign because of the charges? And if he's required to resign, or at least just pushed aside, when will it happen? Will it happen now, or will it only happen after the 2nd of November when he's, he's due to appear in court? And, and unfortunately, you know, the track record of the NPA does not instill confidence and belief in its independence. There's been some strange inconsistencies in what and who and when they choose to prosecute or not to prosecute. And, and you know, as much as NPA head Sean Abrams denied any form of political interference in this process, the response to his denial is one of skepticism because it's difficult not to see this as a calculated move to justify the removal of the finance minister. And, and at the same time, I find it intriguing that the ministerial task team on higher education that's been appointed just this week specifically excludes the finance ministry. 
And yet at the same time, it includes some apparently arbitrary ministries such as home affairs, justice, police, defense, state security. You know, this is not a team that is tasked to find a solution or to address the cause of the problem. It's only one to contain or deal with the symptoms of the problem and, and in a way that is not going to be conducive to quality, to a quality learning environment. Mm. And just last week, Marina, there was a delegation of government and business leaders in New York, and uh, they, of course, were trying to convince international investors that South Africa is open for business. So what does this do to the prospect of, of the up- upcoming ratings review? It certainly, you know, um, pushed us much closer to, to that rated downgrade because, you know, normally um, much of the pain that is experienced in emerging markets come about as a result of exogenous factors. So things like global capital flows or, or the demand for commodities, etc. But when an emerging market country mismanages its finance, and we've got lots of examples like that in, in countries like South Korea, Mexico, Brazil, and so on, um, such a country definitely gets punished disproportionately. And, and ratings agencies will wait to see the numbers. They don't only react on, on sort of the events of the day, but a positive environment in a country can allow them to err on the side of caution, to, to wait and see a little bit longer. And unfortunately, these own goals that we continue to score just increases the probability of their downgrade significantly. And I think yesterday, in terms of, of how the market moved, we got a taste of what to expect when that happens. And, and this continuous undermining of the confidence chips away at the credibility of those in power, both in government and, and in business. And, and more importantly, I think it breaks chunks of the hope of ordinary people. And I just think we deserve better than this. Well, Narina Fisser, we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Thank you so much, a strategist and advisor at ETFSA.